Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we take a dive into the Sinatra controversy, the new Pachi Mario event, and compare the league to another interesting esport. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. I hope you've all been doing well. It's been quite the day for me, I must say. Um, It's just a lot of things have been happening today. We're recording this at like what 10 p.m no almost 11 11. p.m it's almost 11 p.m we normally record this at 2 p.m but like uh, this stuff's been weird um how was your day slash week slash time since the last recording been kevin uh it's been pretty all over the place really um this weekend this last this last weekend i casted a valorant event for the campus cup showcase um and that was that was a lot of fun. Still a lot of colleges. Um, and then this week, um, I got contacted by one of the devs for like a new turn-based game that they put up a live stream of it. I think it was like a couple, like maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, and I said, hey, I like your broadcast. Are you looking for casters? Here's my reel, right? And then they came back and they said, hey, we're having another tournament on Saturday. Are you available between 2 and 5 p.m. for this? And I'm like, yes, let's go. And they're like, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be casting Bravery Network online on Saturday. Um, it's going to be my first time doing a turn-based game since, you know, at home doing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's something. And then for today, uh, <laughs> this, this was just a wild story. Um, when Matt said, okay, well, something came up and we have to like push this back to 10. I was like, okay, I got invited to go out to like a shopping center. Um, like it's the San Francisco J town, uh, Japan town. So I call it J town. Uh, most people probably don't know. There's like a Japan town where like, there's a bunch of like Japanese restaurants and stores and all that stuff. Um, I was invited out by a couple friends to go meet up out there. So I was just like, okay, we'll we'll go over there. And so I went over there. I bought a hundred dollars worth of manga, and now I get to live in my little manga fort and enjoy Ooh. my time uh, sheltered from the rain. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, how about you, Matt? <laughs> Before we get to me, oh, okay, okay. Did you are you gonna get any more Red Bull? Because we saw the photo, like I I think I retweeted the photo of you standing next to your stack of Red Bull, and it is almost half a Kevin tall of Red Bull. I I would say it's probably yeah, it's about half my size. It it is a miniature it's a half Kevin Kevin of Red Bull. Yes. Um I I don't know about weight. I don't want to compare myself weight-wise to that. Uh well. We'll leave that up in the air. But <laughs> for the most part, I feel like the answer is I hesitantly yes. There's probably more Red Bull because not only was the Campus Cup showcase the one that I did last weekend sponsored by Red Bull Gaming. Uh, I, uh, there's also upcoming events like the Campus Clutch, which is for all other campuses and colleges. 
that's also sponsored by Red Bull, which they also contacted me for. So <laughs> I don't know how many more Red Bulls I'm going to have. Let, let's just say I'm probably going to have to, whenever I stream, I'm probably going to have to drink one. Um, oh, dear. But the thing is, like, I, I calculated the, the amount. I could literally have a Red Bull every other day for the rest of the year. And I was like, that's scary. That's that's a lot of Red Bull. Um, that's so kind of horrific how much yeah, Red Bull you have. But you know, I got I got to drown. I'll find a way to get through it. it. It's it's good. I I mean, I like the taste. So oh yeah, I've I've used it several times up at camp when the kids are like going insane and I need energy. It exactly. it works. It does work. It works well. So um, I'm I'm glad that we have it. What's funny um, is that Red Bull is like not considered like the gamers drink. It's still I think Mountain Dew, but like they're always sponsoring these gaming events. Oh yeah. Like Red Bull should be the gamers drink at this point. Like them like I think they're all fighting for like kind of the same space when you have like uh Red Bull, G Fuel, um I think G Fuel is like one of their biggest like competitors. Mm-hmm. Um we used to be sponsored by Soylent. Really? Uh, Oh yeah, that was really interesting for a while. Finding um, Founders interviewed the the head of Soylent, so interconnection between the two podcasts I work on. Yeah, it was it was it's kind of it was interesting, but it was it was definitely fun. Um, but yeah, Red Bull has been there for the college scene for a while, so um, it's more like they're very close and very close knit with you know the collegiate scene. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy that you know we we get that, but. You know, I'm pretty sure they could branch out and be like the. Well, I, if you want to go like in a separate esports scene, uh, Dota Two, the OG team is sponsored by Red Bull, and they have back to back, you know, TI championships. So mm-hmm. they they're the definitely the the drink of choice for uh for Dota Two. So that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if they decide to branch out or if they like really embrace the the gamer culture for that. All right, Matt. How how about your week? How how did this how did this happen? Where we started? We wanted to start at two, and now we're at eleven. <sighs> All right. So here's here's been my day. My day has not been good. This has been probably objectively one of the worst days I've had in a while. Um. So today was the day where they were releasing the um the quarter finalists for the Screen Rant pitch competition, and I pitched two things. I pitched one my um superhero idea like the kid who's like a supervillain but accidentally goes to superhero school and now he's like okay i'll just be a superhero then so i pitched that idea and i also pitched the um the submitted a pitch for the the horror store uh feature that i wrote it's like um one of the the camp ghost stories we tell so today was the day when those um results came out and i like woke up i i, I went to bed and i just couldn't get a good sleep because i was waking up i went to bed at like four then i woke up at like eight then i woke up at nine then i woke up at 9 30 and then 10 and then 10 15 and it just kept going and going and going because and the, like that anticipation and i kept checking my email and eventually i'm like they're not sending me an email i'm going to check on their website and i did not make it into that uh the semifinals. so pretty much i paid them 70 dollars for them to tell me no <laughs> so that's that's how the day started um I, I i honestly i don't know if i expected to really get too far into the competition um it would have just been very nice to get into at least the semifinals and like 
this idea is something that's really personal to me and like i i really want to pursue it and make get it into it actually be produced so um that hurt a lot um i wallowed in self-pity for a little bit in my in my bed and then around noon i went to go buy a breakfast burrito and smother myself in carbs and fat breakfast meat so um i've been trying to eat healthy but like no, this is not the day to eat healthy. This is the day to wallow in self-pity. And then when I came back from buying my burrito, I tried to plug in my phone to find out that it no longer charges because the charging port on my iPhone 6 is way too loose. Like you can literally wiggle the the lightning cable in there. And it's like, how did this happen? It's metal. How does it loosen? I, I, I do not understand that so now tomorrow i need to like drop six seven hundred dollars or whatever to get a new phone um which i mean like okay it's time to anyway like they don't even like make the iphone 7 anymore and i'm rocking like a classic 6 so um it's, it's time it's lasted me since like 2017 so anyway after that um i'm sitting here getting ready to like cast with kevin at like 2 to 30 when we normally cast and then it turns out um I need to help my parents move things from our two storage units and consolidate them into one storage unit because they're only giving us two days to like move into the bigger storage unit that my parents want at the U-Haul. And then I have to go help them because I do, I guess. And then I came back. I had to leave. I left early. Thankfully we had our, our first match for the season for the Zomniks today. They spelled our name Zomniacs. Um, <laughs> so that's just like, really guys, it's literally one of our events in this game. Zomnix. It's not that hard. Um, and then we went, we were down to, we tied on Anubis, which somehow seems to be like our lucky map is that we do best on Anubis, even though I hate two CP. Um, but we, we tied on Anubis and then we got stomped on blizzard world. So that happened. And yeah, so right now, after this, I'm just going to go drown myself in watching Shit's Creek because that show is amazing. Sometimes you just got to you just gotta take the L. And It just wasn't a good day. It yeah. was just all around a really bad day. Although I'm hopeful for tomorrow because I don't know if you've heard of Wondery, Kevin. Um, they are a, a podcast company. I think they're based out of L.A., but I, I I have an interview with them tomorrow to hopefully get hired, to get paid to do podcasting. So there I'm not go. unemployed anymore and I can be a productive member of society. Yay. And then I don't have to worry about hopefully, hopefully they'll offer me some health insurance because now I'm about to get kicked off my parents' plan. Same. Honestly terrifying. It is the most terrifying thing. It is scary, especially in COVID times. Like, y yeah. Like, like I've, I've heard of people's bills being like $100,000 for COVID treatment. I don't have that kind of dough. Exactly. Like, what? Do like, you have that kind of dough, Kevin? No, I don't. Like, what, what, am I, what are we supposed to do? Just die, I guess. Just die, we, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, we, we aged out of our parents' plans? Oh, no. No one's hiring because of COVID? Oh, no. We're, God forbid something bad happens to us because I guess the only option left is to die. Yeah, it, it, it's just sad, Guys, if you, really. if you don't live, if you live in a civilized country unlike America, which has actually good health care and it doesn't cost you like a couple thousand dollars to call an ambulance, um, I envy you. 
I really yeah. do. Please. We we want to not die. <laughs> but like <laughs> have you seen that video where, where they're asking the British people like how much they think healthcare in America costs? Yeah, it, it it's super undercut. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wish. Like, it, I wish. Oh, man, I, to 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 be able to not Okay, there was one time where um I remember where my brother had to like just to be safe when he was at ROTC camp like there was an incident that happened my brother was fine but they're like you know what since other people are going to the hospital anyway we're just going to send you in in the ambulance with them just to be sure that you're okay even though we know you're okay and it, like it ended up costing my parents a couple thousand dollars just to just to make sure that he was okay even though he was clearly okay and it's like really this is ridiculous Anywho, let's talk, let's get into actual business. So I, I guess to start, because this is probably the low of the news we have, and we'll, we'll just hopefully try to end it on a high note. Um, the news that dropped, was it, it was today, yeah? Or was it yesterday? It was like late, it was either late last night or earlier today. Okay, so late last night or earlier today, the bomb dropped that Sinatra uh, is not the bright, shiny person we would like him to be. Um, The news dropped that on Twitter, his ex-girlfriend, who goes by Cleo on Twitter, has a she posted a nine-page document called Jay um, that's just detailing nine pages of her just very harrowing relationship with Sinatra. Um, it's a lot of bullying and abuse and like mental torture and like sexual abuse on her. Um, I, I feel like we should just scratch the surface and really like, if anything, if you're really interested in wondering like what happened, you can read um, the document. Read not only the yeah, read the document, but also like look at what Cleo put out because mm-hmm. like that's obviously it's one of the one of the biggest like things. Like we don't want to go into full details of saying like you know X Y and Z pointing out certain aspects of it because it is more it's her story horrific and it's it's bad it's really really bad she has um, an, uh, she has audio files that she's linked she has uh t- chat text messages that she's included um photos of that essentially the the surface of it is is that a lot of the time sinatra pressured her into situations and and sexual situations where she didn't want to be in and that he was a, 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 a manipulative and emotionally abusive person. And she admits that she was going through some mental health issues at the time and that Sinatra took advantage of that. And you see this a lot in, in, in some toxic relationships is that one person feels like they can't leave or a lot of, or the people like they've never really felt accepted before. And they feel like if they leave, they'll never find that again. So it's like, it's this, it's this horrible loop that they get stuck in where it's like, I want to feel loved, but the person who loves me is also hurting me. Yeah. That's just the definition of a toxic relationship. It's, mm-hmm. 
like you you don't have enough confidence in yourself to really like put yourself out there and understand that there are people out there who will actually care about you um versus you know you you think that what you have right now is is best but sometimes you just gotta you gotta just look at it and move on um but yeah this whole this whole thing like it doesn't help that like Sinatra just posted a thing three hours ago uh and he just said I am cooperating with investigation uh I am I am helping I am sorry and we recall our things differently and I'm like that's bro like this one's literally like a full novel dude dude <laughs> yours is like a fucking like anime opening at this point like it doesn't it's nothing like yeah um I mean so, but the thing is what can he say yeah that this is literally the safe route for him like he he posted what he could really exactly and it it's kind of it's it's 50 50 like the first person who came to sinatra's side by the way was defrand um he oh, said dear. like he said like okay well we we have to read through this we have to see what jay says because he says like we don't want to like instantly cancel him because we need to have him like have all the information out in in broad daylight or else you know we're not going to get to the bottom of this and people could lose their careers over this um yeah. And so he's he's being kind of the believe it or not the most level headed one here, where he's saying like we we need to actually listen to what both sides have to say. But at this point, I mean, she has so much information and so much like evidence essentially of this that I don't think Sinatra can dig his way out of this um, in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Um, I think it's that this is, this is pretty effed. Yeah, so we have to see what obviously the investigation says um, and what this does to Sinatra um, as a, not only a player but also as a person. Um, like, we know that he's good at his esport, right? But that's multiple esports. Um, but, like, yeah, it's got a lot of repercussions depending on where they go, you know? Um, so for Sinatra also, well, we could lead into this later, but Sinatra, for the most part, this, this is not looking good for him. We'll see if it affects his like career and what it means for certain esports scenes. Um, and speaking of certain esports scenes, we know, you know, Valorant scene, they suspended him, so he can't play in any tournaments until the investigation is thoroughly completed and put through um, yeah. 100%. Um, and the Overwatch League is willing to refund anyone who bought Sinatra gear. Um, so if, if, you don't, if you don't want a jersey, uh, let the league know. They will uh, they'll take it away and they will, uh, they'll give you your money back. That includes the skin. Like for the people who bought the alien skin, if they don't want it anymore let the league know and they'll refund you your 200 tokens and um take the skin out of your account um then for those who decide to keep it like the patch that says mvp and sinatra on it is going to be removed from that zarya skin so um the, the league is completely washing their hands of this 
Um, they, they're already siding with Cleo on this one. Um, I think for me, like, it, it's getting like we're going to cover every single one that happens because it's something that we need, that needs to be talked about but it's getting exhausting mm-hmm. having to go over this like so often like I, I, we we talked about another case like not too long ago didn't we well, yeah it felt like it wasn't that long ago and now we've got one of the biggest names in Overwatch and Valorant just like just in esports right now being brought down by the consequences if it isn't the consequences of my own actions um and it's just it's exhausting hearing that people think they're so entitled to to do what they want to their partners um and what's even more i think disgusting for me is looking at the comments online. Like, we get that you liked Sinatra's play. We get that we can't fully make any comment about what he did until his side is being, has, has spoken, until the investigations are completed. But just the amount of disgusting stuff that people are saying online to try to, like undercut this it it just it it makes me feel like disgusted for being a dude like there was one guy on the um the twitter post i i I saw this initially on his comment was and i'm gonna paraphrase this because it was more graphic than what i'm gonna say and i don't feel comfortable saying it um so the toned down version is it doesn't matter what she says. She was his ex-girlfriend and she probably liked it. The only way that you can say this was bad is if he did it up the butt and she didn't want it up the butt. That's not that's not acceptable. You're really going to out yourself like that, dude? On the internet? As being trash? Yeah, and that stuff's going to follow you too. That's, that's the that's stuff your employers a... can see and say, hey, you're gone. Goodbye. Yeah, hey, hey, that's a that's a that's a that. big note from me. Uh, they're gonna get you know the good old uh, Randy Jackson <laughs> treatment here. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, like this is just really, it, it's not only bad for, you know, Sinatra himself, but also, like, when your MVP and you're the best one of the best players in your esport is now titled as a you know a sexual assaulter. Or assailant? Yeah, I don't know what the proper t- title of that is, but I think it's a soldier. A soldier? Yeah, it, it's something it's like that. Yeah, something. but you don't like want that. Like your your poster child is now no longer the person you can like look up to at at all. You got to take that poster down. Exactly. So this really shakes up not only like the Overwatch League, but also you know, the Valorant scene as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, for the most part, this is just like, this is not a good look for Sinatra. And if, if you guys decided to, you know, listen in, take all of, take in everything that is coming from, you know, this, um, and learn to obviously like not do that. Like it, mm-hmm. it's happened. I feel, okay, wait, the last one was like, Something in Smash, right? Like the Smash community. There was a huge wave of it. I feel like it was a couple. 
that, that I was the, something. I have a, the memory of a goldfish, Kevin. So like literally, I it, it all blends together with me because we've done so many of these stories. Yeah, and I I really don't want to keep doing these stories, but they keep popping up in esports, and they they just gotta stop, okay? Like just being good people, okay? Like I get you don't end up in the news, but at least you. At least you live an honest life or something like that, you know? Yeah. And like I don't I I I will say that I feel like Cleo did like was not blameless here. She should not have dragged Sinatra's current girlfriend into this by like making a, a TikTok video of her. Um I I feel like that was that was asking for for some trouble to start. Um and I, I don't buy her her excuse saying that it wasn't intended to be malicious. I wasn't making fun of her. I was just mocking the situation. Oh, I don't I don't buy that, Cleo. I'm sorry. Um, you gotta own up to her enemy enmity. You have to own up to being her enemy because I feel like you made her your enemy. But all that aside, sh- nothing that she has gone through she deserves. Like she is, if this is true she's had a rough couple years and I feel really bad for her. My question for you uh, that comes out of this also, Kevin is what happens to the shock now? Because this was going on when he was a member of the shock team. Like does the, what if the investigation finds out that the shock knew that he was all he was doing all of this and they just didn't care well that would that would look bad on the shock as well um but yeah it's kind of it's kind of tough to to call that at at that exact moment i understand that they need the information from the shock considering that this is what's going on um but yeah it, it might you know, actually, you know what? This would look really bad for the shock as well. Um, just because, like, you can't just turn a blind eye to these things. Um, they're they're definitely there for, like, if this was happening, which it, it was happening while he was in the Overwatch League. Um, if the shock knew, then they're the ones at fault as well, just just as much. Um, and yeah, that would probably look really bad on their on on the league's half as well. Um, at least on the shocks. So we'll see what that leads to. Obviously, there's an investigation. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what's gonna happen here. Um, I feel like you're gonna get a lot of people who have been on Sinatra's team who are probably gonna be coming out and you know answering to these things. Um, you have literally all of the current uh, Sentinel roster for uh, from uh, you know the Valorant scene, and then you have to see what his old teammates have to say. Like, did Super know anything? Did like wh- how does this affect you know that morale now? Like, how does it feel if you had him on your team, like in your locker room, essentially? Um, what does what were their signs of this? How far back? Obviously, we know like the time frame, but like, w- did any of the other players know about it and not 
flag it, you know? Um, and I hope that we, we just figure out the right answers to everything. We don't want to dive too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just, we want to keep it, you know, up there. If you guys are more interested in it, please read the documents, um, that, that are out. But honestly, like this is just a really bad look and it's not just for like Sinatra himself, but also this puts kind of a bad like light again on people of more, more often men in the esports scene. Um, like th- we just have to not be complete, you know, monkeys out here. I, that's a, that's the worst way of saying it, but like you just use your brain people like d- treat people with respect guys we're we're human we don't we don't do this well now that we've gotten that out of the way let's move to happier topics um so uh y'all remember the uh, the crazy GameStop stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago we brought in avalon to talk about it it was a fun time to see people taking power and money into their own hands and just seeing the world go crazy um so just some some interesting GameStop news that I saw is that the uh the guy who created that um if you know what like the the online subscription companies are there's one called Chewy that like does pet products that was recently bought up by PetSmart um but the guy who founded it was also a member of the Wall Street Bets Reddit uh, his name is Ryan Papa quote quote Cohen, um, but he's apparently going to be putting he's going to be in charge of like transitioning GameStop into an online model similar to the to Chewy in that um the the online subscription box service kind of thing, um, or or ordering things out of the brick and mortar uh style. I'm explaining this very poorly. But essentially, they're he's gonna try to make GameStop viable again by moving it online. Why didn't I just say that in the first place? <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, like one of the things is like doing used game trade ins through the mail. Like, it's I'm not sure how well that's going to work, honestly. Like, yes, it's convenient on, on paper. But I don't know. Like I, I personally like going into the GameStop and like looking at like the thing and like talking to people about like what like part of part of why I go into GameStop is to ask the people who've played it, like, what do you think of this game? Yeah. It, it's one of those things where it it's cool in concept, right? Like to have GameStop online where you can buy physical copies of games and all that stuff. Um but I feel like GameStop, it's like if GameStop had more, I guess, tournaments or like events, you know, if GameStop and like esports arena teamed up, right? Ooh, that that would be that would be the way to go, right? Like you have or like a place like AFKGG, like what we used to have in San Jose, which is like a bar slash video game arcade like that with GameStop would make a lot of sense because you get to play the game and be surrounded by people 
or their entire drink menu is named after you know buffs and bonuses i'm not even kidding it was it was really cool so i loved that as like a thing so i hope that we get to that point um with if gamestop decides to go go through with that but honestly like having this this transition from it being you know a physical store to something that's online only um is going to be really interesting considering like most of the time i do agree we went into gamestop in order to have conversations about games right um usually with the staff or some people who are looking in the same aisle as you Mm -hmm. um somebody who touched the touched a pokemon game and you're like hey have you played that one do you do you like it is it worth it uh and yeah that that's the whole thing like that that culture of walking into walking into the store or even like i guess the demo versions but um like being able to hold a controller uh when a new console comes out right um even though it is strapped to that box but like i love doing that like back like, in the day <laughs> exactly Dude, playing all those gamecube games in the store those free trials so exactly cool. like having that like yeah i guess they have like they used to have it pre-covid um at like target and stuff but when you felt the controller in your hand that's like one of the first things that you do when you get a new like console is you put the controller in your hand and you're like oh this feels it feels weird or this feels good right like nobody nobody held a nintendo 64 controller and was like yeah this is where it's at <laughs> right like <laughs> i don't think anybody thought that you know oh let's make the letter m into a controller was the was the best idea okay but an alien designed it yeah exactly they're like this is not ergonomic at all but <laughs> we're gonna do it anyway but <laughs> ergonomic to another species exactly um but yeah it was interesting like having that kind of space is is important and we don't have that obviously now in this current environment um it would be nice if we could go back to that but uh we don't know how long you know the pandemics and protocols are gonna keep us keep us locked in um and you know i'm I'm all for safety I, I i'd rather wait and have like a really good you know like boom once again mm -hmm. um rather than like forcing this out but honestly i think that this is actually a really smart idea um for for gamestop as a company but i don't know if it will survive <laughs> that is yeah that was what i was going to ask you is, it, is this going to be enough to bring gamestop back because i mean like gamestop is like getting attention now because of the wall street bets thing but like mm -hmm. is it going to survive yeah like it's gonna be it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be a one-time thing where like if if it does work right like how can i describe it i feel like gamestop is turning into what netflix used to be mm -hmm. right where netflix used to be order your game get it or what gamefly is right yeah like that kind of Do thing people still you use gamefly i don't i have no idea <laughs> like are we are we that old <laughs> for knowing what gamefly is we, i don't see the it, commercials anymore we're out here trying to show show a freaking cd to like a gen z person and they're like what what is that a floppy I disk a, <laughs> i heard there was one time i i don't know if the story is true but like someone showed a kid like a floppy disk and like hey you print you 3d printed the save icon yeah it, it's almost as bad 
as uh, one of my friends sent me a TikTok recently, and it was like of Master Chief, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's the guy from Fortnite!" And everybody was, <laughs> everybody was like, "No, no, that's that's Master Chief." <laughs> so the joke was like, uh, "It's the guy from Fortnite," and they're there's just like a bunch of us older people, and they're like, "All right, I'll get the shovel, I'll get the car, I'll get the plastic bag." All right, <laughs> like it's just bad. Like you don't know. They they just didn't know uh, what GameFly. Obviously, GameFly is gonna be. It probably doesn't even exist anymore. But honestly, like this is just a very interesting, like, idea. Like yeah. if it does work, we're gonna get a lot of, like, I guess more physical copies of games, which, you know, big sales like big bigger companies won't have options of selling um or essentially like gamestop becomes like the i guess like an archive i wouldn't say an archive but like more of a how can, how can i describe that essentially a place where it's an antique store that's the correct <laughs> oh god gamestop is the antique store of the gaming world uh that, that's what it's going to become. And it, it would be interesting, obviously. Like, you go in, you see, like, Game Boy games and just be like, okay, I want to play Pokemon Pinball again. Let me get a AAA battery. Um, like, things like that. Like, you don't get that anymore. Um, but, yeah, it, it would be really interesting to see if that, if this works. And if, if it works, cool. If not, eh. We kind of we kind of <laughs> saw that coming. Oh man, just dude, this time about this made me feel so old. I we're we we we're, we're getting so old out old. here. We remember GameFly. <laughs> did you ever use GameFly? I never did. No, I did not. Okay, I I bought my games like a good old capitalist consumer throwing my money at the machine. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I want my games to pass down to later generations. How am I supposed to tell them that Diamond and Pearl used to be played on a DS and not the Switch? Like you're lying, Grandpa Kevin. What do you mean the the thing had two screens? A <laughs> dual screen. <laughs> two screens, sure thing. Crazy. Someone get in his meds. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put on the VR goggles and call it a day. <laughs> Oh, oh, I just also realized that today is Mario Day. It was March 10th. Oh, yeah, it's Mario Day. Happy, happy, happy Mario, Mario Day. Day. Hooray. Wahoo! Should have eaten like mushroom pasta or something because he's Italian and he eats mushrooms. All right, so moving on to another topic that I found. Um, another big thing in the world of gaming, especially recently, has been the um the idea of crunch. Um, we saw it a lot with naughty dog on last of us 2 we especially saw the effects of it on cyberpunk um but for those of you not aware crunch is that idea that to, to make a game like a triple a game especially to get those to market on time like you're going to be forced as a developer to put in extra hours you're pretty much working around the clock without rest um it produces a lot of burnout in the industry. Um, it also just looks really bad for your company. Um, it, it's you're not valuing your people. Um, and there's this article by Polygon that it, it looked into that, and it, it turns out that um, a lot of the smaller developers, which who honestly 
I would think they wouldn't have as many resources to be able to do this, but they they're giving their their workers a lot more compensation than the bigger companies do. Um, but I mean, in some terms, I could also see that like they would have they would kind of have to be more accommodating because they don't have those resources, and you need to keep your people happy in order to make sure this product happens because like with with the big companies like if you get fired they'll just find someone to take your place but for like a smaller company it's probably a lot harder to to get those people to do your project um there is one specifically here i wanted to highlight super giant games like who made hades um which if you haven't heard our our interview with avalon please go back and listen to our uh a normal person with space buns episode. She voices Megara in Hades, but Supergiant has an unlimited time off policy. Like if you if if you need time to do something, like you don't need to feel pressured to come back to work. And like that would be absolutely amazing, especially with when crises happen in people's lives. But also that unlimited time off, I guess, created according to this article, an invisible pressure on developers to constantly be working. And in order to prevent that, like Supergiant implemented a, a mandatory days off policy and like they're required to take a certain amount of days off and you're not allowed to send work emails after 5 p.m. on a Friday, which is, I think that's an amazing work culture because I mean, I've been bombarded by like work stuff after hours before and like I felt that obligation to like attend to it as soon as I get it. Yeah, I hope that this is this should be instilled into every every company. It's just like you you have to have certain days off, uh, and also no that that no work email after five p.m. rule just needs to be everywhere. Like unless you're doing something on Saturday, like a production, um, but. For yeah, the most part, I mean, like, it should it, just it be like. It makes sense if your work happens on the weekend, but like, aside from that, you don't need to be sending work emails after people leave. You can wait till Monday. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I shared my perspective on this, but like, why do you think, Kevin, that it is that the indies are treating their people better than the studios? I think there's a couple of reasons behind this. Um, there's actually a video that I wanted to point out by uh, by an animator named Noodle on YouTube. If you guys ever want to watch it, um, it's called the Crunch Culture Conundrum, where he actually sits down with some developers and talks about, you know, what it what it's like during Crunch Culture, um, and and how it makes people feel. And it comes from like all sides. It, it was really interesting. Um, it is a long video. It is 23 minutes, almost 24 minutes, but it is really eye-opening, and he does a really good job of like explaining all of this. But the most part, I feel like there's obvious. There's two main reasons that come to mind. Um, the first one is the name. Like you have a big name, like uh, for like your company. Obviously, you you have this huge like weight on your shoulders. Um, if you're like Epic Games, right, or Blizzard, or you know something like that, you have to keep the name of a good game on your shoulders, and that pressure on everybody on the on the smaller end. The other thing is is release date, right? Um, 
that's the one thing that causes people to you know get into crunch culture they're gonna be like we're not gonna have it ready for release date right um but the thing that i want to mention here indie games don't really have to like sometimes they'll set they'll set a date right but for the most part the the team is so tight-knit it's either so small or tight-knit that everybody understands each other and it just makes for a really good culture in general um and i i appreciate a lot of these smaller games a lot more because you know that they took a lot of time and they they spent a lot of time and care on the game um and it doesn't feel like a project that somebody you know literally has a gun to their head saying like if you don't finish this we're gonna fire you and your whole job and you know career is on this on this thing no for the most part it's like these guys love their game so much that they you know are willing to put in that time and are able to manage it well um among along with their peers so for the most part i feel like the indie companies are just better at it because not only do they have a smaller team but also they don't have as much pressure of carrying you know the weight of you know oh the next triple a game like if they make a game and it's good like they become the next triple a like studio and they just get to keep that same team rolling um and yeah that that should work out for them so for the most part i feel like it's it's a bit of both it's like there's crunch culture that plays into this um but also the fact that like smaller indie companies can take their time with their game um really shows to the work later down the line Mm -hmm. to tie this back to overwatch i mean this is part of what jeff was talking about when he said like the reason why we haven't gotten an announcement date for overwatch 2 yet is because they are taking their time on this. They don't want to feel pressured by that release date. And they don't want to have another cyberpunk situation where they announced so many different release dates and just had to keep moving it back and moving it back and moving it back. And then they're being hemmed in by people being frustrated that the dates that they, uh, they're expecting this game are, are not being met. So, um, good to papa jeff for having that foresight and the rest of the overwatch team for having that foresight um and hopefully this strategy does prevent that crunch culture because no one wants the game developers to to literally work themselves to the bone to make this game yeah and games that are smaller and are made by you know like a tight-knit family tend to have a you know a a bigger probably a smaller cult following but can eventually blow up and become something big um there's a reason why hades. i play like yeah like hades like literally hades is like one of the best examples it's like it's pretty the music's great character development is good voice acting is amazing like they took their time with it like nobody knew that hades nobody had like hades circled on their map right like nobody was like oh this is going to be the next biggest game ever uh it it really just came up and it was great. And then everybody started talking about it and now we don't stop talking about it. So it, it's a it's a good way of like showing that. Like a lot of the games I can say confidently, um, most of the games that I play in my Steam library now are probably not even made by big companies. They're all done by like indie companies, um, for the most part, because I not only is you know there there's Hades. I also play like 
I play Snakey Bus, which is it's literally Nokia Snake, but you're a bus. Um, <laughs> that's what I've been filling my time with. Um, fights in tight spaces and you know Bravery Network Online. Like these these games aren't owned by big companies. They're just made, and they pique my interest. So the reason why we're why we're out here now. All right, so let's move on. I've, okay, this is the one thing I've been really excited to talk about the entire week. Like, I think I found out about this right after we we finished recording last episode. So I've been holding this in for close to a week now. But I saw a post on Facebook and someone's like, Farming Simulator League had an, a ban system before Overwatch League had one. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a farming simulator esports league, and and then we were talking before this. And Kevin, you were actually at their league game. I I was at an event for uh for farming simulator. Yes, where please tell the, me please tell me all about team. that. Please so, tell me everything about that. It, it, it was kind of a weird. It was a weird weekend. I I have got to admit. Um, so it was me. Um. Wits, who is the he's the director of esports at the Academy of Arts, as well as uh, Taeon, who is my coach for Overwatch. Um, but he's an ex pro. He used to play on Hammers Esports. Um, we were all invited, well, invited and like essentially commissioned out to go to DreamHack Atlanta. Um, that was oh God. That's been years, probably. 2009 i believe was the year so yeah uh, 2000 no 2019 i'm i'm yeah that's not that far like two years two years ago two years ago three no before before the pandemic okay wait the videos that i saw (laughs) were from 2019 but yeah okay yeah it's been a while um but yeah we we went out there i had to cast overwatch 1v1s but at the end of the day um the the vendor hall closed at eight o'clock um we stopped casting around seven um so what we did is we were just able to roam around and there was there were smaller events there was like um there was smite there were uh there was a a starcraft 2 uh tournament like just smaller events but one of them was farming simulator and i was like this can't be you know that Euro Truck Simulator, like this, this isn't this is just a fun, you know, literal life game. But then I was like, wait, Farming Simulator, they had casters, they had a desk, they had three people on each side. On a, they had like the main, they had the secondary stage. Okay. They weren't necessarily the main stage event, but they were the secondary stage event. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I wanna see what this is about. So (laughs) I watched it and I was like, yo, when did, when did farming get competitive? Like, when when did this happen um but yeah it was just really interesting to to see you know a simulator game become literally an esport and i was like there there's it's just a moment before we get like some random we're going to i i'm waiting on crab champions okay <laughs> like crabs with guns like crab champion could be an esport okay like there's just going to be things later down the line that we can't comprehend and yeah <laughs> This is going to be one of them. So, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. It was it was interesting. There wasn't a lot of people in the crowd, but it was essentially Farm Simulator 
but PvP. Tell me about the energy. I know you said the crowd wasn't that big, but like, tell me about the energy in that room because like the the videos that I have seen, like you can still hear the crowd cheering in the back, and they're like very excited about wheat. Yeah, there's some people who were like diehard fans. Are like, oh man, he he didn't he didn't use that second second move there. It's like he, he could he should he should have used the uh, the crop. Should have got that other baler. Yeah, he, he's like, man, if, if only he had that earlier. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what is, what is this? Like, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, these guys are putting wheat in barns. Like, <laughs> they're really good at that. But I found out later that like they're like, oh wait, they it's actually like, it's almost like StarCraft too, where it's like you have to have a certain amount by a certain time, or else yeah, it's, it's, you it's might as well give up the run. So like it was <laughs> like the the casters were like really you know into it they understand like okay yeah uh, well we we're at the we're at the seven minute mark so this this should be about picking up here but it was just like <laughs> uh like they should have full production by then and for the most part I'm like what do you mean like these guys are just <laughs> what <laughs> excuse me <laughs> like I could just put wheat wheat in a bale put it in barn I could do that but they're like. There, there, there's so much like intricacies. It's like you can know the game, but like to know like the timing, to know like what equipment is best at a certain time is also important. And I was like, yo, this is this is too deep for me. Like, I'm, me and my small, you know, literal pea brain doesn't understand how how farm work. Like the the most I played with farms was probably like Farmville or something like that. And these guys are out here literally figuring out how many bales of wheat they could put in a barn by six and a half minutes in. Uh, and it, it was insane. It, it was the the crowd that was there was really excited. But for me, I was just, I was confused by why there was three teams of three guys on tractors, just <laughs> farming wheat. And I was like, this is what esports is now. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. It it was interesting. It was an interesting event. This is FarmersOnly.com in eSport. <laughs> this is the obtain the grain meme in an eSport. Because yeah. you're literally obtaining the grain. Um, but yeah, so I I saw this and the, the, fa- the fact is that they have, a, that one, that they, this exists. And two, they have a pick-ban system and Overwatch does not. Anyway, um, I, I, I started watching this and I went down a little bit of this rabbit hole of watching the, the farming simulator esports league. Um, I was surprised that the casters, the casters are two middle-aged white men. They probably actually own a farm. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they look like they could have been farmers. Like one of them, at least I, I saw had like, he's a big chubby man with a big flowing beard. Like. I could see him like on the porch, just sipping sweet tea and then getting on his tractor. I can see it. Um, but like, I, I watched some of these matches and it's like, I have no idea what's going on to be honest, but it's also like, huh, okay. The, the, I can, I can kind of see things are happening. Um, one of the matches that I watched, these are 15 minute matches each, but like the, the team that won one, because like, as the clock hit zero, one of their bales of hay made it into the barn 
and they they overtook the other team just like at the zero. So the, the, the cast was like as excitedly as as two middle-aged soft-spoken farmer boys can go be like oh my god that was amazing that was impossible how did that happen it's like he got it right at the buzzer that's at that zero oh my god <laughs> but anyway so if you're curious the way farming simulator esports works are both teams which feature three players are given a field of wheat and 15 minutes to score as many points as possible by turning the wheat into bales and storing them in a barn to do this they will have uh, to use a range of farming tools from combine harvesters to balers and front loaders, forcing the players to move between different tractor setups each round. Um, so essentially like pick ban system, you're allowed to pick ban, like what kind of farming equipment is not going to be allowed in the round. And then when the round starts, like you drive into this middle field where there's like all the available, like, aforementioned combine harvesters balers and front loaders and you need to claim them for your team like there's one strategy that i i heard about that like if you claim all three of a certain um kind of farming vehicle it's like literally impossible for the other team to farm any wheat so you automatically win and it's like a legitimate strategy that like it's recognizes like the fastest way to win this game but like so pretty much there's that and then you like You'll go and you'll you'll harvest this field of wheat and then turn it into like either grain or hay. And you have to like bring the hay to your specific barn and load it in. But also like if you deposit grain in a grain silo, like it increases the multiplier when you put things in your farm. And if you hit like a certain level in your grain silo, then the other team's barn, like conveyor belt into their barn stops working. But also, like, the higher your multiplier is, the slower your conveyor belt goes. So it's, like, all this weird strategy of having to, like, decide whether you want to, like, deposit grain or deposit your hay bales and whether you want to use the conveyor belt to deposit the, the hay bales directly into the barn. And it's, like, it, it's so much, Kevin. There is so much involved in this simple farming game. Once you start getting the intricacies, like, people start you know, getting excited for it. It It is one of those games. Like, you just have to enjoy watching people put hay in barns. And if that's the way how it goes. three it's batches, fun. Kevin. Yeah, like, I watched at first you... batches of this. It, exactly. Like, at first you just think it's like, oh, okay, well, this is just, like, boring, right? Who wants to watch people farm? And then you're like, hold on a second. Are they using the silo? How fast is their conveyor belt? <laughs> like... Yeah, this is all just becoming timing at this point. And now you're just like, okay, well, now and they're just last micromanaging. Second, literally the last second win. Like the first round I watched, it's like, oh my God, there's a last second win. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun to watch these things. And most people don't think a simulator game should be an eSport, but, you know, if you make it competitive in one way or another, people will find a way to compete for it anything can be a competition like literally anything um okay so question for for like actual life experience kevin you've been around the the block with the esports world um i have my answer to this but what is the not counting farming simulator 
what is the weirdest esport you have ever seen? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, do you would you like to go first, and then I can I can find I yes. can figure out which one. I will okay. gladly go first because go I have my answer ready. So the, I found out about this because I, I I was a journalist before the Rona hit. Um, so part of what I did was I had to go cover the senior center and all the senior beats, um, figure out what's happening in the worlds of old folks in Santa Clarita. Um, and the thing that I discovered is that there's a team at the uh, senior center out here. I don't, well, they're obviously not doing it now, but like they had a team that was competing in competitive Wii sports bowling for seniors. Like they didn't, they, I, I can guarantee you these people did not know what esports was, but they were on a they were on an esports team for a seniors bowling league of Wii bowling. <laughs> it was so weird. And it's like they're, they're, they were getting strikes pretty much every role. And they were like, you know how like bad guys don't look at explosions or like not bad guys, but like badass guys don't look at explosions. Mm-hmm. They just turn and walk away. These old women in their purple bowling shirts holding their Wii remotes would line up their shots, they'd roll it, and then they'd turn around and walk away and not look back. And then they, they know, because they know they got the strike. They, they were just confident. In it, absolute. In just, it's just one of those things. The absolute just... Yeah, you confident. I can't think of another word, but like just that, that pure badass confidence. Yeah, I got that strike on the Wii with my me. Yes. But like that is the weirdest esport I have discovered. I guess the one that like when I first thought of it, I thought it was a little weird, but like later on it eventually made sense to me. Um it was Tetris. Uh, like Tetris at first, I thought, you know, like it's a simple, this is before Tetris with friends was a thing before like the PVP, but mm-hmm. they had it for like the NES where you could go head to head. And I didn't know that that was a, an option. So at first I was like, they okay, did well, it in Mortal Kombat. They had yeah, puzzle combat. Yeah. Puzzle combat and stuff like that. But then I found out about Puyo Tetris. Puyo Puyo is essentially a game where you match four blobs and then when, when it happens, it pops. But there's like chains that if you make more chains, it increases the multiplier and so on and so forth. So uh, when I went to hang out with my friend from high school, uh, when he was in college, he, he went to Chico State. Um, there was a rule. There was a house rule that said... If you're a guest, you cannot leave until you beat the house in Puyo Puyo Tetris. And <laughs> what? Uh, it, it was a house rule. It was like you had to win in this game before you leave. So like, and if you never wanted to leave, you could just lose forever. You could lose forever. But like you have to you have to win to leave. And it, it was hard. So essentially what Puyo Puyo Tetris is, is you play half Puyo, which is the match four, and then it flips in the middle, I believe at like 30 seconds in, to Tetris. So you have to play both the Tetris board and the Puyo board. And 
if let's say if one of them fills all the way to the top same same with like tetris and stuff you lose you're like out so what you had to do it was like first to three i believe um but you would have to ko all the other ones you get more combos out of the puyo board than the tetris board so some people would just be like okay well we'll just we'll stack our puyo board and get it ready we'll stack our tetris board and get it ready and then just full combo everybody once we get to the next one so it, it was it was insane it was crazy and at first i thought okay well this is just a freaking puzzle game i can i could knock out you know two guys no problem and then you know an hour and a half later they're still whooping me and it was only by sheer luck that i was able to leave so yeah so it, if you didn't beat them you'd possibly still be there to this day exactly i would still be in their house playing not only puyo to not only puyo puyo tetris but also mario kart double dash and <laughs> it was it was insane like you would never if you thought tetris dreams were weird but until you have tetris puyo dreams where you're like halfway through and you're like wait could i could have lined that up. Could have lined that up for a combo. Could have, could have made that a combo. Could have, like, and in your head you're just like, this is fine. And so, yeah, it's just it's insane. All right, so the last two things that are kind of kind of small, but still like fun stuff. So, um, the Pachi Marchi event—that's what it's called, right? Pachi Marchi because we're in March. It's March. Yeah. So Pachi Marchi happened. It's it went live yesterday. Um. Pretty much, it's it's a celebration of our favorite onion octopus. Um, I really like Pachimari. Like I said, whenever we are uh, playing a match for the Zomnix, I've, I've said this before, but we always set our uh, player uh, icons to Pachimaris. It's just our thing. Um, and so th- this is an event where all the sprays, all the emotes and everything that you get are... Uh, pachamari themed there isn't any twitch drop for this event so you don't have to watch twitch to get anything um the only skin that you can get is the roadhog pachamari skin the only emote you can get is uh junk rat like digging through his tire which is i guess is not just an explosive but a backpack to uh find a pachamari um no special game modes but this event goes until march 22nd so you have a fair amount of time to get your nine wins to beat the event. Um, I wish there was, I, I really think this is cool. I think the, the Roadhog skin is a little bit creepy. Um, just, just in the slightest. Uh, I do like the, the concept though. I, I hope that this is like a recurring thing where the, like every year they'll for March, they'll do a Pacha Marchi with a different character getting, or a couple characters, hopefully, getting some Pachamari skins. I still want them to release Pachamari's Big Adventure for some platform for us to play. Yeah, either give us, like... I would be totally down if somebody made, like, a claw game version in Overwatch where you can actually, like, grab Pachamari's and, and win it. Um, and... If it if you have to set it up in Hanamura and just have like Hachimari machines everywhere, just make them like tokens or something. Be a fun little mini game to get everybody back in, um, and that would definitely work out. Um, Blizzard should make like a pop up Hachimari store at like Comic Con or something. 
that would work. Uh, just make a. I mean, if you if you really want to, just get a get a claw machine, put <laughs> put some Pachamaris in it. People will buy it. Um, but yeah, there there was once again like when I was talking with friends about this Pachamari skin, we were like Hog like canonically he is the one who loves Pachamari the most. Yeah, right. Well, makes so sense it, to be Hog. It, it's only fair that Hog gets it, right? So we were saying like, but what other characters would get six skins out of this? And we were like, the first one that came up was was Wrecking Ball. If Wrecking Ball's entire mech was a Pachumari, that would yes. that would be amazing. So we were saying, do that. Make the make the rope green, so it's a literal like vine width. Um, you have that. You have the ball. It's literally there. Like it's it's like a gimme. Um, but yeah, we were saying ball would be an amazing one. We were saying diva would also be kind of interesting if you put her entire mech in a in a Pachimari thing and she's just like a little sprout <laughs> that comes out of it. That would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, you would you would have to share the love, and I, I find it hard for other characters to really like get this without being a complete like joke character. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's a really cool way to fill the gap. Yeah, you know? I, no um, one was expecting this. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where like we don't have we don't usually have an event here. Um, usually we have well, like right now, if if you're a McDonald's fat guy like me, you're like Shamrock Shake. We got we got the Shamrock Shake. I went to McDonald's um, for the Pokemon cards. I just got my Shamrock Shake like three days ago, so I was like, yes, okay, I got I got it for the year. That's it. But honestly, like. Not everybody knows what St. Patrick's Day is. So it's cool that, you know, Overwatch is like, you know, we'll we'll make something cute with our Pachimari. We'll we'll make it a whole event day. Um and yeah, they it I now the only thing that I, I want, I feel like, you know, it's a big piece of merch that they really need to capitalize on now is the uh the propeller hat. If they, they sell the Pachimari propeller hat, uh in the Blizzard store, I'm pretty sure people would pick that up. I've never liked propeller hats. I think they're kind of stupid, but I would totally buy one. I, I would wear one just to be like, on uh, just you work my... BlizzCon, and that's about it. Yeah, exactly. Like I could, I could run around outside and uh, pretend I'm a plane. I mean, who's gonna stop me? Do you have you read Calvin and Hobbes, Kevin? I, I've read Calvin and Hobbes before, yeah. Have you re- have you read the the Calvin and Hobbes saga with his propeller hat? Uh no, I have not. <laughs> if you get a chance, check it out. It's hilarious. He like wants this propeller hat so badly because he think is he thinks he'll let him fly, and it just it it's a propeller hat. It doesn't do anything. So he's just so crushed. But he gets a cool box out of it. So Kevin, yeah. have you, do you own a Pachimari or have any interest of ever owning a Pachimari plush? I do own a Pachimari plush. Oh, what do you like? What kind do you have? It's the one that's in the box. Uh, the the official the official one. The OG one. The OG one. Yeah. Okay. Because I have an OG one too. Because I went to Blizzard Arena, but they mm-hmm. ran out, so they gave me one of the display ones that didn't have a box, and I'm so mad. Uh yeah. I, I, I need to have the box. Yeah, I ordered mine online. Like when it was when it first dropped, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not going out of style anytime soon." I, so. I need to buy one. Like w- when, it, hopefully, if I get a job sometime soon, 
I will buy myself another Pachamari in a box. And also, if any, if we ever do another giveaway and someone actually responds, I'd be down to give somebody a Pachamari. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, hopefully I, I want them at some point. I don't, I don't think it will happen at anytime soon. But if there is another BlizzCon, there was a thing at Crunchyroll Expo. Um, what like the last time they held it, um, where they had a pool full of plushes of Banania, which is a Banania is a play on banana and ya, which is the sound that a cat makes. So it's a cat that's in a banana. Don't oh ask my God. It is the most adorable thing. Episodes are only three minutes long, but. Imagine a Pachimari pool of just plush Pachimari. I love it. And I you just that. hop in, it squeaks when you when you land in it and you get a photo op out of it. Boom, new profile picture. It's it's amazing. Just make a Pachimari pool. Um uh, obviously we would have to wait till, you know, this whole pandemic ends, but it would be a cool little thing. And then when it's done, when the event's over, when the event was over for uh for not only Blizz, not BlizzCon, uh, Crunchyroll Expo, when they were finished with all of them, uh, they sold them, sold the plushes that were in the pool for for like a, a high discounted price because obviously, you know they're they're not in mint condition, but they're not just gonna throw them away either. So they they were just like, okay, yeah, we'll sell them at like literally, they were like two dollars each or something like that. I didn't pick up any of them, but if the original price is ten dollars. And the the ones that they're giving away is like a dollar or two, like you, you can just you can just get that. Just if give it to your dog, let them have fun with it. But yeah, honestly, I think a Pachimari pool would be amazing for for BlizzCon. Um, yeah, you just have to fill it up enough and figure out how many Pachimaris that is. So right now, a Pachimari is about fifteen dollars. Imagine if okay at the end of the day. Pachimari's not in main condition, no box, still squeaks, right? Eight dollars, right? <laughs> you, I think you would do that. Yeah, that's easy. Although I think mine was—I don't think I got a discount on mine because I bought it at Blizzard for up Arena, so I think I still paid full price, which I upsets me. <laughs> yeah, we just. But like, yeah, I feel like if it's, you know, worn, you don't get the box and it's just literally a bunch of them. It would be a really cool idea to do that. And people would just get a really cool photo op out of it, too. Like, that's that's the main point of it. It was just it was cool. I'm seeing how if I can how much is it on Blizzard's website for Apache? Well, they have a lot of apparel for Pachamari. But they I'm not seeing the original plush. There's a pin. Yeah, I don't think they're selling the original plush anymore. I think you'd have to go through Amazon for that. Uh-oh, scalper season. Oh, dear. But honestly, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like if, even if you did, like, a Pachamari only in March, if you really want to push it, Pachimari plush is only in March, then people would go out and buy the Pachimaris in March. Um, 
There is a but collector's yeah. pin for $8 ready to ship, which actually I kind of want. I'm looking at that umbrella. <laughs> Starting to rain out here. So imagine rolling up into someone's house and be like, yeah. The epitome of fashion. Not only the epitome of fashion, but also just like, that's a that's a domination statement. Just going into somebody's house and being like, Okay, Kevin, $60 for the Pachamari hoodie. Worth it or not? Uh, it it's a it's kind of not it's not my colors sadly i i don't look no it's absolutely yeah it's a, the the color scheme is atrocious but like to be if you were to wear it then yeah i feel like if that was okay if that was on a leather jacket just the the patchy mari and the patchy mari like emblem on the back i would wear it if it was on a biker jacket i would wear okay it. okay yeah I, I i want it but like i i agree the color scheme is bad yeah it, it's just it's too light for me i'm i'm a very big boy and showing off in light colors just makes it even whiter um i'm not not into telling people that i'm literally a wall Uh, so uh yeah i'm more into the the more subtle pachimari stuff like the the full zip up hoodie maybe um but it's got to be it's got to be even more subtle than that i think Okay, so last thing on our list, there is an experimental showcase that is going. Kevin, while I dig up the tweet about it that I was going to mention, why don't you explain what's going on? Because I have too many tabs open right now. Yeah, the experimental showcase, for the most part, is a bunch of streamers and um, like other pro players kind of got together and let Blizzard know, hey, we kind of want to test uh, these balance changes and they're like hmm okay that seems like fun but also would you be willing to showcase it at the same time and they're like eh, yeah sure why not so pretty much there is a community tournament scheduled um for march 27th and 28th um which is going to be played on the experimental card so this experimental card is it's more important because it is um there, there are a lot of switches that are being thought up of here. Um, one of them is there's there's a couple of extra modes such as you know one tank per team, which is something that we saw in the in the trailer for Overwatch two. Um, one tank per team as well. It's like a different version of two CP um, is what they're saying. So they're testing these things out with streamers that kind of hinted at this. So. For the most part, if you guys want to see some some potentially weird experimental cards and or potential potential ideas that could make it into Overwatch 2, um, we should take a look at these. But it is at the end of the month, so the 27th and 28th. So the, the reason, the thing that I was bringing up is um, the panel that's going to be for this, it's going to be uh, Jeff Goodman... Zoe and Danny Lim, famous Danny with his hugs. Um, and I tweeted from our, our account, what are the chances Danny tries to make Zoe and Jeff or Joff, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, to make Zoe and, and G-Man hug through Zoom and Zoe liked it. I, I feel like it would happen. Um, I mean, it's, it's what we remember him for. Sadly, sadly, yes. But at the same time, like, yeah, he... <laughs> I don't know what you do. Is he gonna be like force a fist bump or something? Like, okay, everybody, close your close your camera, hit the fist bump button. Like, uh, no, 
I don't think that's a thing. But yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Um, so the the moderators for the card, I believe the card is on Pi Day, right? Yeah, so, I believe so. So the official like announcement of like what's going to be on this experimental card is happening as of uh, yeah Sunday, noon so Pacific noon, time, noon Pacific time of like kind of what's gonna happen here, which is really cool. But at the same time, like it would have been kind of interesting to see see it just like the day of, just being like, okay, here, here's the patch. But <laughs> they're gonna outline all the new things that are gonna be in here for this for this event, and yeah, we're we're definitely gonna be tuning in to see what kind of stuff they're going to make them do. I hope it's bananas. I hope it's just absolutely bonkers bananas. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where experimental card has the option to break a game. <laughs> For better or for worse, but I feel like if they wanted to, they could push it as far as they can one way and just see what happens. Obviously, that's that's the whole point of you know the experimental challenge. Um, one of them is the as mentioned, it was like the one tank. Um, if that one tank thing does go through, it's going to be really interesting to see how far, like which which one tank, right? Um, mm -hmm. what which one tank does the team take? Like, if with no Reinhardt, like, there's no real reason to block stuff, right? So, you what if you just like opt in for like a full, like, just go hog or something like that, or just Zarya, right? Like, you bubble people when when they need to be saved, and otherwise, you just you're just a DPS with more HP, right? So. Um, I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of things they decide to roll out into this game. So, um, yeah, and since it's an experimental card, uh, they're definitely going to push it. The question that people are asking is like, so if if this is successful, are we going to see the, these pretty much these experimental by committee modes on the actual game? But like the the consensus is is that uh, according to I think it was. Um, What's the name of the dude who's in charge of the commissioner of Overwatch League? Jeff. Is it Jeff? Yeah, according to according to Jeff, I I don't know people. There's too many Jeffs and Joffs in Overwatch. There's like three Jeff Joffs that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks anyway. But according to whoever's whoever's in charge of this, they're assuming that the committee is going to do something really crazy and they don't want people to be stuck playing them. So most likely that we're not going to get them in game as of now but we'll we'll have to see what is actually played and if the fans actually want to play those modes so yeah and there's a couple of things that i wanted to like we can point out as well um if let's just say these experimental cards that they're pushing look like a lot of fun and is something that's on track um it let's just say if one of the modes that they come up with is really good, right? Mm -hmm. That just makes the Overwatch team interested in it and potentially take note. And if that does eventually like lean into Overwatch 2, we know that they're like listening and watching what player input has on the rest of it, on the rest of the uh, on the rest of the game and how it's going to be played. 
So anything we want to end with, Kevin, any, any final thoughts or, or little tidbits of wisdom from Grandmaster Kanashi? Uh, I, I guess the only other thing would be uh, if you want to see me cast card games for the, or turn-based games for the first time ever, um, I will be on the Bravery Network online uh, Twitch when that decides to start up. So uh, look forward to that. Other than that, make sure to get your Pachimari things. Um, I don't know how to get the stickers. They just said log in. Um, I don't I don't know if it's by. I think they just give day. them to you. Like you, you just you just get in there and boom, you get all six stickers. I feel like that's I think that's how it works. So, yeah. Um that that's something that we got to check um i'm gonna check actually right now after this podcast so uh, um yeah it's gonna be gonna be interesting get your patchy mari stuff um that should hold us over for a little bit and hold us over for about a month until the league comes back yeah the league is supposed to come back once again april 16th right yep so like about a month after this ends is a little less than a month is when we'll start up with the league. And that's like about how um, that's like roughly the, the time scale for events. It's like, usually they'll give us like a month or two in between um, archives should be coming up soon as well. I believe, right? Like April, May. Yeah. We should have another archives event pretty soon. Um, if we were to have an archives event, who would you want to, but like, who would you like to dive into? Uh, just kind of, if you were to have another potential like four v four, or I want them to mission. release the test the test level that they put in BlizzCon 2019. That's what I want. Just the demo. Just the demo. Like I, I would be fine with that too. I would be okay. Like, inc- like they'll probably they'll give us like more of the the challenge modes for the other three. But like, there's no reason. I mean, I guess unless you've not ported it to, um console but like you could easily do that i'm pretty sure like you you, you have it there like it's it, it's already been made like we don't need you to, to build us a whole nother mode but like just just give us that i want to try it i really do why did i not go to blizzcon that year yeah although they, I, I can't play pc games to save my life i've tried i'm not good at it i don't i don't blame you uh it is kind of tough to do that the first time that i switched over to keyboard and mouse um what did i I started out on like a ps2 and i was like i know how to put crosshair on thing (laughs) and i would over swing like crazy and then i had like a friend who was just like always on point and i was like what what is this and then i went to keyboard and mouse and then we played halo and it was the first time where i had like keyboard and mouse advantage for the first time and they're like how are you so accurate and i'm like i was i couldn't handle the controller this is my life now <laughs> so yeah it, it just it takes a lot of getting used to but once you once you start getting used to it you you lot there's a lot of games that are unlocked by by trying this out yeah like for for some of our meetings for finding founders like we'll start with a game um and there's this free online shooter called i think shell shock with shell shockers it's like your eggs and you're shooting each other and then i can't play with keyboard and mouse so i'm I'm terrible at it but like to the people on our team adrian and sophia are just like slaughtering everybody so <laughs> i cannot if it was console i would slaughter them all but it's not 
anyway, thanks guys for tuning in this week. Uh, hopefully I can get this up sometime Thursday, if not Friday. Um, tune into Kevin's stream or not stream. You're you're casting. Tune I'm into cast. Kevin's cast for um, Bravery Network Online. It's called Bravery Network Online. Hey, yeah. I got it right. Cool. Um, hope you had a happy Mario Day. Hopefully your weeks have been going better than mine. Um, and we will be at you next week with hopefully with more information about the experimental showcase and whatever we can dig up from the internet. Thanks guys and uh, have a great week. Next week we'll bring you gaming and Overwatch news from across the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.